Hi everyone, welcome to the Spring Cairo podcast. I'm Lisa and over the last couple of weeks you've learnt about the structure of your bones and joints in general and the structure of your spine in particular and how your bone density changes through your life. And today I'm going to focus on a particular group of bones that have a really close relationship to the spine and that play a huge role not only in the health of your body, but actually in your day-to-day survival. And I think they're kind of underrated and they're not really appreciated until you fracture one because those bones are, of course, your ribs. Because just forming a cage around your heart and lungs to protect them is by no means the only role your rib cage plays because its other massive role is with breathing. In fact, they don't just help you to breathe, they allow you to breathe. And today you'll learn how to check if you're breathing properly. It's not as crazy as it sounds, I promise. Hopefully all will become clear. Before I start, I do appreciate that so far we've been doing quite a lot of heavy lifting, so to speak, in terms of looking at our body's basic structure or anatomy, as well as how it all works, which is its physiology. If those subjects scare you, as they do many people, then just consider this. If you've already been listening to the episodes so far, you have already been studying plenty of anatomy and physiology. Because it's my opinion that if you want to improve your health, it's no good just hearing that you should do something without understanding the why behind it. So in terms of your ribs, you have 12 pairs of ribs, so 24 in total, 12 on each side. And if you were to imitate a gorilla and pound on your chest, not too hard, please, you will feel them solid under your fists. And one end of each rib forms joints at the front of your chest with your breastbone or your sternum. And then each rib fans around your sides and forms joints at the back with the spine. And in particular, they connect to the spinal vertebrae of the upper and the mid-back area, which has a very specific name. It's called the thoracic part of the spine because it spans the thorax. And the space within that, that the ribs or the rib cage forms, is called the thoracic cavity. And then spanning along the whole of the bottom of the rib cage through your middle, basically splitting you into two, is your diaphragm. It's basically a huge muscle. It's dome-shaped, and it divides your thorax from your abdomen. So you can feel your ribs at the front of your chest, and you can feel them at the side of your chest. And if you were to run your hands down your sides, you can feel where they end at the sides and it becomes the squishy part of your abdomen. And if you go from where they end and follow them along at the front, you can feel that they don't go straight across. They actually curve upwards to meet the bottom of your sternum. And actually, the lowermost ribs are are in fact too short to reach all the way around. And the two lowermost pairs of ribs are called floating ribs because after they connect to the spine at the back, they don't attach anywhere else. They just have a loose end, so to speak. And what you could feel when you followed the curve up at the front was another four pairs of ribs at the bottom that actually merge all together into a mass of cartilage that then attaches to the bottom of the sternum. And then you've got the individual ribs up through the chest, which attach again to the sternum on each side via cartilage. And those are ones that you can feel at the front of your chest. But your ribs extend much higher than people usually realise because your first rib at the top is actually just behind your collarbone. So the rib cage starts right up there, just under the shoulders, really. Now, I mentioned that your ribs are vital for your day-to-day survival because it's the movement of your rib cage that allows your lungs to fully expand when you breathe in. And they do this with something we call 
a bucket handle movement. So just imagine one rib, makes it easier, just think about one at a time, that sits around your torso like a handle would rest around a bucket when no one's holding it. And the muscles between the ribs cause them to lift up and out, just like if you picked up the bucket handle and just lifted, not right to the top as if you were going to carry the bucket, but just to the side of the bucket. And hopefully you can visualise that this would create a bigger space between the handle itself and the bucket. And this is the same principle for your ribs. So when you breathe in or inhale, your diaphragm moves down. Remember I said it was dome-shaped, so it actually flattens down, encroaches a bit into the abdominal cavity. And at the same time, your ribs move up and out. And this com combination of movements increases the amount of space within the thoracic cavity. And the lungs are kind of stuck to the sides with specialised membranes, so they also increase in size and expand. And this in turn reduces the pressure within, and it's the pressure difference that actually causes air to rush in to rebalance it. So when we breathe in, we're not just sucking air in as such, we are just expanding the space to allow the air to naturally flow in. It's very much the same principle as bellows use on a fire. And the reverse happens for breathing out or exhaling. So the diaphragm moves back up into its dome shape and your ribs move back down and in, all of which reduces the space within the lungs and the ribcage so the air is forced back out. And the breathing out motion is, is more of a passive movement because the muscles are just relaxing back into their resting positions. So your bit of trivia for today, hiccups. What's happening when we have hiccups? It's actually <laughs> when your diaphragm is twitching, basically, or spasming. So each time it twitches, it causes air to be sucked in very quickly, which obviously you can't control and which makes the sound. So just like the spinal joints I talked about previously getting jammed up, your rib joints can also get jammed up, either in the joints at the front or at the back. And that can restrict your lung expansion and therefore your breathing. And you can see the effect for yourself if you prevent your ribs from moving properly. And you can do this if you hunch your shoulders and slump down as far as you can. Imagine the worst possible posture you could adopt and take a deep breath. Make a mental note of how far you could get and how difficult it was and so on. Then sit up straight, try and adopt a beautiful posture and take another deep breath. How did it feel? Did you notice a difference? Because it can be quite dramatic. So if the joints are jammed up, which, which can happen also, by the way, just from poor posture like that, or if you have a bug, lots of coughing, for example, might do it, or if you wear an underwired bra, even just a bra that's too small, can restrict your rib movement and cause them sometimes to get a bit stuck as well. But this one might surprise you. The other way the joints can jam up is through not breathing properly. <laughs> yep, proper breathing is actually a skill that many of us have lost in place of some bad habits. As I mentioned before, the main or the primary muscles of breathing are the diaphragm and the muscles between all of the ribs that help them to make that bucket handle movement. But there are also other muscles involved, and these are referred to as the secondary or accessory muscles of breathing. And we're especially more likely to use these when we're doing more forceful breathing during exercise, for example, or if we're deliberately trying to breathe heavily. Now, there are quite a few of these muscles. I'm definitely not going to name them all. But there are several that come from your neck and your upper chest area, which are basically there to help lift the ribcage and the sternum from above to allow that expansion of your ribcage and lungs in inhalation. 
And there are also various abdominal muscles that can help in forced exhalation. But quite often people rely on these muscles more than they should, especially the ones involved in breathing in. These should just be helping the movement along. Sometimes actually we make them take the lion's share of the work and they end up having to work extra hard to actually lift the ribcage almost on their own. And guess what the result can be? Neck tension, shoulder, upper back tension, all the very common things we see a lot in the clinic. It's also just generally a lot more work for your body. It's a much less efficient way of breathing and that alone can be fatiguing, especially as those muscles are not built to do that job on their own. So the breaths taken in this way also tend to be more shallow. Therefore, each breath will not expand the lungs as much, so less air gets pulled in, which means the amount of oxygen available throughout your body is less. So huge implications. You wouldn't think just doing something as simple as breathing could be tiring for your body, but it can be if it's not being done correctly. And when you're using your diaphragm to do most of the work, this is called diaphragmatic breathing, and it has been shown to improve the oxygen levels in your blood. So would you believe it? Making sure you're breathing properly is an incredibly easy way to improve your overall health and get more oxygen to all of the cells in your body, which rely on it. So your personal challenge for this week is to assess whether you're breathing correctly. And it's easy to do. If you lie on your back, put one hand on your chest and one hand on your tummy and just breathe. Don't try and force it. Just breathe as naturally as you can and just see which hand moves the most, which one goes up the most. If it's the hand on your tummy, then that's great news. It suggests you've got some good, efficient breathing going on there. But if it's the hand on your chest, then you may be relying too much on those accessory muscles, the neck muscles and so on. And you can work on improving this by just trying actively to make your tummy hand move more than your chest hand. We have an exercise sheet available in clinic if you'd like to ask for one next time you're in. You can also look online. There are lots of exercises available online for how to improve your breathing, often the type of training that professional singers will get as well. And this type of diaphragmatic breathing is particularly important in anyone with lung conditions like COPD or asthma. It can also slow down your heartbeat and it can even stabilize blood pressure levels. So there are lots of benefits. And it might not be possible for you to do it all the time as it it might at first especially require you to consciously focus on your breathing, but the more you do it, the more benefit you'll get and the better trained your body will get and, and getting back into some good habits. And if you do it regularly, you might even notice a difference to your energy levels overall, because if your cells are getting more oxygen, they can produce more energy. It's as simple as that. It's also a great exercise to do in times of stress or anxiety if you want to just calm your body down and get it out of the fight or flight mode. So just a quick one for today. We are now four episodes into this podcast. I'd love to know how you're finding it. Is it interesting? Is it informative? Is it worth me carrying on with? So please do let us know. In the meantime, I'm wishing you all the best health and happiness. Take care.